Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome, everybody. This is episode three of the McLennan County um, Democratic Party. I, we don't even know what we're going to call it yet. We're going to have a contest and see what to call our podcast. Uh, but it has a very dull title right now. Uh, but, but it's not dull. We have wonderful people coming on to tell us how they're going to make Texas better. And today we have Janet Dudding, who uh, comes from the Bryan College Station area. And uh, she can tell us a little bit more about how she got to Bryan College Station. I already know the story, but y'all don't. Uh, and and then she, we're going to find out exactly what she has planned for uh, being our comptroller uh, when uh, the elections are over. So, Janet, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got here, and why are you here today? <laughs> once upon a time, once upon a time, I was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And as a single mom, I averaged 20 hours a semester to earn my accounting degree. Started working full-time for the state auditor, threw myself into my MBA program and became a CPA. But Mary, you know, I'm a different kind of CPA. Mm. There's not much traditional about me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that first job out of school with the state auditor's office was in investigations. Uh-huh. So it was, it was actually like law enforcement. I yes. investigated allegations that elected officials had embezzled taxpayer money or had taken kickbacks. What a great background to be the comptroller i think we need a watchdog do you think that maybe sometimes people in government aren't completely honest and upfront with our taxpayer dollars i actually helped lay the groundwork for operation pretense which put over 50 corrupt politicians in prison for procurement fraud look at you and my whole life has been in state and local government right well that's that's what we need uh uh, a lot of us feel like there's a it's time for a cleanup uh, this state's been run, as you know, by uh, folks from the other side for right at 30 years. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's nice in one way. They can't blame us for anything because we haven't been in charge for about 27 to 30 years. So, uh, it's, but it's also time to figure out how to fix it. There are absolutely no checks and balances in place right now. When you have one party running everything, yeah, it just gets too too cozy. Yeah, and it's way too cozy. Right and we've now. seen it. We've seen it deteriorate over the last few years. I'd say maybe the last five, on a state mm-hmm. level and on a national level. And uh, and it's just about time we got some accountability back. And the uh, the best way to do that is to. I don't know. It's it's not that we have to have a room full of women, but I tell you what, you get a single mom that went through school. And, and did it all herself, you know. Uh, they don't have to multitask. There's Those a lot the, of multitasking that, going that, on. That's what we need are people that can multitask and figure out what needs to be done to make uh, Texas run more efficiently. Because the, there's just, tell us, 
Tell us what you what, tell us what you look forward to the most about being the comptroller. Well, there's some weird things. There's some some superpowers that All are right. really intriguing. That sounds fun. It is fun. <laughs> Listen to this. The, the state comptroller is over Seco, which is the state energy conservation office. They oh, gave yeah. these cool things to the to the accountant. Uh huh. And you know that we've never had an accountant as our accountant. And it shows. Are you serious? I'm serious. Would well, I knew that Hager wasn't. He was like a rice farmer. He's it was a rice like, farmer. And uh, yeah, we've never had an accountant as our accountant. But besides that, th- I mean, that part is how I've spent my life. That's my life's work. Yeah. And that part is really cool and sexy in its own way. Mm-hmm. But let's get over to this other stuff, which is weird and wonderful. Renewable energy is under SECO, the State Energy Conservation Office. Right. Incubators for renewable energy training for renewable energy, and then all the renewable energy and energy conservation for state and local government is under SECO. But as far as promoting renewable energy, that's under the comptroller. And right now you know that the comptroller is threatening companies that are diversifying their energy mm-hmm. portfolio. And you know how you diversify your energy, energy portfolio? Renewables. Yeah. Here's the guy who's over renewables threatening Companies who are expanding into renewables. It just doesn't make a lick of sense. No, that's, no. It's at cross purposes. We could come up with some real good analogies on what that's like and what that's about, but uh, that certainly doesn't seem, the fox garden, the chicken house is one, but, uh, you know, why on earth would the comptroller not want to do his job? Why in the world would the comptroller not want to expand the economy? We are the world leaders in energy. mm -hmm. We could be the world leaders in energy innovation. We're on the cusp right now. We we are so ready. We've got we've got world class higher education institution Mm -hmm. of of higher education. We've got the brain power here. Yeah, it's just a matter of putting it into practice, and we're ready right now. And the energy, the the gas prices are just spurring us further mm-hmm. along towards that um, towards that tipping point. Right. To you, really you, fully invest. Everybody seems to think that. Uh, and in fact, I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the the big oil companies also investing in renewables because they can see down the road and they understand that perhaps uh, uh, there might be a finite. Uh, amount of oil to be had well let's look at it they are that they are experts in energy and renewables are energy why wouldn't they just diversify and Mm -hmm. increase their market share maybe those maybe don't maybe the the wind and solar companies don't write big checks to politicians reckon (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) so what else uh that would be a wonderful thing to do though to, to because you know we're we're sitting here with this wonderful, balmy summer heat, and we've got a whole summer ahead of us. And we sure need to make sure that our grid and our energy system can handle what we've, what we've got facing us. Well, you're absolutely right. And not only can it handle what is facing us, but when we build back the grid, let's build it back smart. Mm-hmm. You know, let's think ahead. Let's build it back smart. Let's build towards the future. But there's something else I wanted to mention. It's another statute away from, uh, separate from SECO that allows the comptroller to devise scenarios to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. Like methane. Methane is really bad. It's the it's leading cause of climate change. It's mm-hmm. even more destructive than CO2, which is what methane becomes when you burn it, when you flare it. Mm-hmm. But if we can capture that methane on state-owned lands, it's okay. got fuel. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin was actually, I read an article in the Houston Chronicle where Bitcoin is partnering with oil and gas production for their methane to fuel the, the supercomputers that, that generate the Bitcoin because those use a funky ton 
technical uh, term right there. Yeah. Funky ton of, of energy. <laughs> but if you can tap the methane for that, right. then it's like a win-win. So energy companies already realize that, that methane has fuel. There's profits to be made there. Uh, it's just a matter of Why not use it? Yeah, and it's not expensive. It's not expensive to convert that. Uh, I don't know why people are so reluctant to uh, embrace new new ideas. Oh, come on. We've always done it that way, yeah. which just makes me crazy. I know, know, yeah. Well, you know, always doing it that way never really works out in the long uh, run. I agree with you. I, mean, I agree with you Because eventually, eventually the party's going to be over, and we're going to need to be able to take care of this planet and the people that are on it. And we've got to be thinking ahead. Exactly right. Ten degrees is ice age. Five mm -hmm. degrees is half of an ice age. We're already at two. So okay. it's time to do something. There's still hope. There's still time. We right. just need to we need to grab a hold of it and, and actually manage what's going on as opposed to just we've always done it this way. Right. Uh, was I, I'm, There's probably listeners now that are thinking, oh, she's one of those tree hugger people. But I know you. I've known you for years. And you're, a tree hugger is kind of a pejorative term for somebody that really cares about, you know, the stewardship of the planet that God gave us, you know. I believe uh, in facts, <laughs> and I believe in science, and Thank I do you. like trees. Yes, <laughs> trees are wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> and and science is good, and I think we're, we're going to have to get back to that, uh, because uh, being driven by science is much better than being driven by fear. Fear is debilitating. Mm -hmm. um, science, you can work your way, you can work your way towards a solution. Science does have hope, yeah. um, and who doesn't need a little hope right now? No kidding, no kidding. Well, uh, as far as the, uh, I see, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, you're, it's a full time job, obviously. It's a full time uh, job. The the uh, comptroller's office. How, what kind of a staff do you have? Uh, uh, how can we? How are you going to be using those people to branch out and to do the things that maybe haven't been done in the last thirty years? Well, there's some interesting. I've, I've heard some interesting things um, during the pandemic. There was a lot of telecommuting, and now they're mm -hmm. being forced to come back into the office. Where y'all, I'm a professional CPA. I've been yeah. a CPA for thirty five years, and I've been fighting this battle about working remotely for a really long time. So I'm really interested in talking with the staff and finding out from them the best working conditions because once you have um, some work-life balance it makes all the difference in the world oh, once yeah. you have that then you're much more productive mm -hmm. so um, I'm really interested in talking to first getting the overview at the top level and then going to all the way down and and it seems that people are out. more productive there was a there was a concern at first that people would not be productive uh, if they were left to their own devices uh, working from home but Apparently that's not the case. Uh, professional people are productive in the best in the best environment that is good for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, and some people are better when they come in and they're you know they're from this to this. But a lot of other people yeah. use that creativity to um, just expand their productivity. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Uh, well, I tell you what. Uh, wh what about your uh, opponent? Tell me about tell me about your journey. That's what I need to hear. What? How'd you get here? I mean, like, how did you how did you decide? How'd you wake up one day and say, you know, I think I need to run for public office? It would have never happened if 2016 hadn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> it would have never, ever, ever, ever. I met you after 2016. Yeah, exactly. I'm a governmental accountant. So I am a professional in in government, and I <laughs> never, ever let anyone know what my politics were. Of course, mm -hmm. I cared passionately because I'm in politics. I mm -hmm. work with politicians the last 35 years. I never yeah. wanted to be a politician. Right. 
and I never wanted anyone to be able to taint whatever my recommendations were on whatever I was working on by politics. Ah, she's just saying that because she's just fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, But then 2016 came along, and all of that changed. I felt so alone. I had Mm -hmm. no idea what had happened. Mm -hmm. Who was around me? And then I went to the Women's March in Austin, and I found community. Um, From there on out, I, I found community, and with that community, I found hope. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know where you were in that March that day, but I was out there, too, with my daughters. And uh, it was a transformational day for a lot of us, uh, though some of us had marched before. Uh, there was something about that one that seemed uh, really imperative, and it seems like it's even more imperative now when you look at the state of our—I uh, I hate this divide that we have now between I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. I mean, yes, we have to have those distinctions, and I'm proud to be a Democrat. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we've got to figure out how we can, we've got to, we've got to drop some of those labels and work together for the common good. I'm really tired of labels. I'm really tired of labels. I'm really tired of finger pointing and all that kind of stuff. Let's just, let's work towards what we all want. Yeah. And if it falls in one camp or the other, but most of what I'm working for is falling squarely in the Democratic camp. Yeah. But you're absolutely right, too, about that Austin march. I hadn't marched since high school marching band. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a march, too, by the way. <laughs> it was good, though. It felt good to be a part of a group it like that. It felt wonderful. And there's a march this weekend, I think, all over yes, the world. Yes, there is. The, there the is. World, all over the country. Uh, I, it's probably not a part of your um, purview, but, you know, the. The Supreme Court's uh, dancing around with uh, the uh, Roe v. Wade uh, decision. Well, let me tell you something. Okay. Nobody wants government in their business. Right. Nobody wants government in their doctor's office, and we for damn sure don't want them in our bedroom. Yeah. You know, and if this doesn't get people motivated to realize that you can do something about this by voting, I don't know what will, um, because we've got to be able to elect people who actually represent what what we think. Right. Um, and right now what's coming out of the Supreme Court is far from what I think. Yeah. Well, and the, the, if you look at the numbers, uh, the vast majority of people in this country feel that there's certain exceptions that should be made. I, I was one of those people that almost died one night, and so I've, I'm, I've been there. Uh, so you, you know that there's, there's, there's a gray area all over the place when you talk about an issue like that. Uh, but there are a lot of people that want it to be very, you know, this is the way it's going to be, period. Bodily autonomy. Right. Just having the right if to my do husband whatever doesn't you need to want do with your own body. If my husband doesn't want the government in his gun closet, I don't want the government in my, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting the government Bleep. tell me to do anything to do with my body. Yeah. I may be, you know, older than childbearing age right now, but I still we've feel got, that way. We've got kids and grandkids. That, I don't think anybody does, no. you know, whether you're male, female, or or, or other identity, um, yeah. other identified. It doesn't matter. You just don't. You don't. It's privacy. It there's, is privacy. There's That's a privacy part that, that comes into play. And, you know. I, I taught school, and, and when you look at all the court cases that have come along that you have to sort of point out to kids, this is a landmark court case, and this one is, this one is. Many of them go back to the 14th Amendment, uh, that, uh, that, that fundamental right that was given in the 14th Amendment. And you, you, you just don't flush the 14th Amendment. Hello? No one wants to give up that right to privacy. Yeah. And that is what, I'm, that's one of the things that I'm afraid of um, right. coming forward. Now, I know that Roe is traditionally thought of as just a, 
just abortion, but to me, it's so much bigger. It is so oh. much bigger. It is that privacy. It is the um, the autonomy of being able to do whatever I please with mm-hmm. my body. You can do whatever you please with yours, right. but with my body, it's my deal. It's my deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and 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 I think the thing we need to move back onto the uh, comptroller stuff because that's where the that's where the that's where the the money works. Uh, we've got once you do once you open the door to taking someone's privacy, then imagine all those other doors that could be opened for birth control, for uh, same-sex marriage, for the loving decision, uh, being able to interracially marry. And, and to me, it's, it's all just a nightmare. It's all the same. Get out of my bedroom. Get you can. You're not allowed in my bedroom. You're not allowed yeah. in the doctor's office. And get out of my business while you're at it. <laughs> well, that's another thing too. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the government? <laughs> I, we have plenty of, I, I, my husband and I are in business, and we have plenty of things to read to be sure that we're doing what the government wants us to do in terms of our business. And, and cities have that issue. And, you know, counties, uh, uh, we've got, we got plenty of stuff to work on. How do you see, how do you see, what's, what's going to be your, what's day one for you? Well, day one, or even before day one, we'll be working on the, um, the revenue forecast. Because mm-hmm. you got to have that revenue oh, yes. when you hit the door running. I do like what the current comptroller did when he took office. Mm-hmm. And that was to gather everyone who'd ever estimated the revenue in a, in a room mm-hmm. and start working on the revenue estimate. This was before he took office. Yeah. And I, I would follow that lead because I think that, I think that was smart. Yeah. I think that was smart. Um, because you've got to have that. The, the legislature cannot budget more than you say is coming in mm-hmm. without some special... Maneuvering, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the special maneuvering they've learned to do so well. I am furious. I'm absolutely furious. Yeah, it is. I, I, I am a CPA. I don't use the word fraudulent. Yeah, but what Abbott did with that emergency declaration oh, is yeah. fraudulent. He is using the word emergency, and he's waiving public purchasing. In other words, you don't have to pu- to to bid out public contracts. That's ridiculous. Emer- I'm furious. I'm absolutely. You wouldn't do that furious. in a in a in a di- natural disaster. Yeah. You may be a, you may be forced to let a contract for a brief period of time, but you're going to be so highly scrutinized, and you're going to have to mm-hmm. justify why you did that. That that you quickly learn that that's not the way you want to do this. Well, how, how did he end up taking? Let- how did he end up taking money from like the? I've heard the CPS has lost some funds. DPS has lost some funds under the guise of this emergency, which is does not fit the the definition, definition of, of an emergency. emergency. It's like it's he's playing from his um, endorsers' playbook, mm-hmm. and so is. Hager. Hager was endorsed by Trump. Yeah. And he's playing from the, the same playbook. But Abbott seems to be playing from, from Trump's playbook by right. taking a word and changing the definition of it. Right. There's enough things in that emergency order that sort of sound like this might be a legitimate emergency, emergency. like they're going to apply to the federal government for disaster mm, funds, but yeah. it does not meet the definition of emergency. And the very idea that he would write in that executive order that they would be eligible to waive bid requirements to to just pick and choose. that ought to be against the law that is against the law excuse oh, me oh well excuse me against the law that, the governor that broke is the law fraudulent as hell huh. and i i just i'm 
I don't know whether you can tell or not, but I'm really upset about this. <laughs> You're wound up, Janet. <laughs> I'm furious. We're gonna get we're gonna get Janet excited here in a minute. Uh, but that, that's when my voice goes up. You know, I you hit the You're button. done. Hey, listen. As long as long as we're winding people up, what about schools? What are we gonna do about our schools? He just said the other day uh, that we were gonna take tax dollars and give them to people, and they can go buy their own education, basically. Well, I, I really think, and I know that a lot of people like their charter schools, but I really think that we need to, to section off the charter schools, fully fund the public schools, there you go. and then find a funding source for those charter schools. Yeah. While we're at it, we need to add Social Security coverage oh, to our thank teachers. You. I'm so, so, again, I'm so upset. I do not believe this 2022, and our teachers are retiring mm -hmm. only on... Teacher retirement. Teacher's retirement, which hasn't had a COLA in 20 years. No Social Security. We could draw a line in the sand. Yeah. Just draw a line in the sand, and from this point forward, the teachers, the cap... I don't know the... The cafeteria, the auxiliary the workers, auxiliary the workers, yeah. workers, the admin staff, everyone is covered under Social Security. So mm -hmm. that when you retire, you have Social Security as right. well as TRS. Oh, yeah. When I, I made a conscious decision because I wanted to teach so bad. And I felt like it was, it, you know, you get that missionary zeal when you start. And it's like, oh, I can do this. And then it's like, oh, I just, I just frittered away half my Social Security because I don't get my full. I, I did 40 quarters before I began to teach. But because I have this... Uh, teacher retirement, I get like this little pittance from Social Security. And it was like, wait a minute, it's not my husband's money because I sat around the house. I earned that. Exactly right. And I almost said a really bad word, and I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> this is a, this is a G rated show here. The Janet. heck with that. How's the that? heck with that. That's heck sound, with that. That's, that sounds that's good. That's not the way this is supposed to work. When, right. you, when you go to work in America, you're eligible for Social Security, mm -hmm. unless right now you're in Texas and you're a teacher. What the heck is up right. with that? I, that's just aren't there like 11 other states is, in Texas that do it that way? Just a few. Just a handful. But they can all change. There's, there's, this, yeah. this isn't the way this is supposed to work. Right. So let's draw a line in the sand. Let's fix it from, from the time that you step over that line. And from there on out, all of our teachers will be covered under Social Security. And then the, the, the teachers who are retired can work on the windfall, mm -hmm. open yeah. with the federal government. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, talk, we talk about windfall every year, and, and, and it and goes nowhere. And a lot nowhere. of legislatures don't realize that that isn't the whole issue. Right. That we can fix this by covering our teachers under Social Security. Now. Right now. Right yeah. now. It would never be an issue again if we right. do it right It'd now. Be fixed. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to have a lot fewer teachers to try to cover this year because of... Uh, working conditions and the fact that people are just fed up with uh, job security and and uh, and you know being told that we're peddling pornography and and that we're we're not uh, doing the kind of job we're supposed to be doing with uh, Texas young people and uh, and that's that's one of the and things. It sounds that like they're me. fixing to double down. It sounds oh. like they're so fixing to double down with no. all of this um, private school funding hoo ha. Uh, <laughs> We need to respect our teachers. I know, I know, I'm trying. I'm trying. says, no. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but yeah, I, I hear to, you. We need to respect our teachers. We entrust our teachers. We entrust our teachers with the most valuable mm -hmm. resource we got. Right, our children. Yeah. And, and sadly, there are people that use that as a soundbite. Our precious children. Oh, good Lord, here we go. Yep. They're just going to have to wait. <laughs> I thought I had that fixed. Uh, what else do we need to talk about, Janet? I know we're kind of winding down here on time. I'm sitting here trying to do the math on this. I'm, I was a social studies teacher, not a math teacher. Um, 
Well, we got. We know what you're going to do. We know your okay. attitude, your philosophy. The comptroller is over property tax appraisals. Oh, thank you. So what a hot the, issue. The, the comptroller oversees all the appraisal districts. Yes. And right now, we desperately need to. We really need to throw the whole thing out and redo it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need property tax. We need property tax appraisals, but we don't need are those massive corporations who own the huge. The getting huge that. investment properties mm-hmm. getting to skate on their fair share. In the same note, we've got another another loophole that we need to close, and that is on the property tax abatements. That's the one that Glenn Hager, the current comptroller, tried to just do away with. Just do uh-huh. away with any reporting. Let's just let's just sweep it under the rug and don't let anybody see it until he was primaried by another Aggie, mm-hmm. which is telling. Yeah. He he he. He changed his mind on that, which is good. So there's still reporting on that, but I don't think there's ever been any compliance on it. Where if the, right. the company's not making good, and on the their only contract, reason he changed his mind is because somebody was primarying him. That's it. Another Aggie was primarying him, which is mm-hmm. telling. Yeah, because Aggies, you know, feel very special about other Aggies. Yeah. Um, and my husband is a professor at Texas A&M. Yeah. So I'm Aggie by association. <laughs> I don't have the ring, but we've been there for 16 years, and we're not there. Reading, you go. And I love it there. Um, Oh, my dad would let us that we couldn't date Aggies. I was we, we, we were Baylor. We were Baylor all gotcha. the way, sick and bears. Gotcha. Uh, but though my sister did go to A uh, and M, and they're wonderful, and I, I think they've been taught how to count there too, uh, as I as I understand it. Uh, but. Uh, that property tax thing that is such an issue. I know here in Waco, and I'm sure across the state, uh, it affects people that are trying to retire, people that are on an in, a fixed income, uh, is. Do you see a way in the future to bring this back where people can stay in their homes? We're literally having people decide whether they can stay in their homes or not I know. in Waco, Texas. I know. And and when it gets time to, to levy the tax, mm-hmm. it's the appraisal. Here's the right. levy. The levy's going to have to drop down. Yeah. I wonder if it was some ulterior motive to try to get the levies for the school, for the, um, for the cities and counties especially, um, further down, and then they would be in a bind trying to raise them back up if, if we oh, yeah. were to fix the appraisals. I don't know that. I'm making it up. It, no, no I've, I've studied this for a while. Uh, it's a shell game. It's an absolute shell game. And, uh, and, and you know, we, there are people that have been on a, a campaign to defund certain aspects of our common culture, public schools being one, and uh, and the way you do that is to attack the funding to 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 uh, break up that funding mechanism, and that's that's the problem because who wants to sit here and listen for hours on hours of us talking about money and dollars? I don't know. I'm not CPA. That's fun. Well, but I know. I, I, I like saying. money. No. I like I like dollars too. <laughs> but but you you can get some people fired up when you start talking appraisal rates this year. Oh my goodness. Corporations who get these rates are paying about 20, 26% on value, whereas mm-hmm. residential homeowners and small businesses are paying about 76%. Oh, yeah, value. no. It is completely inequitable. Yeah. And one of the Constitution, one of the, the facets of the Texas Constitution is that taxation should be fair, even, mm-hmm. and equitable. So, hey, maybe we should have equal protection. Imagine that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's good to hear that you're on top of that because I tell you, if there's any one issue that I hear about day after day after day, it is what on earth happened to my property taxes right. and how can I afford? You know, and we know we understand the business of lowering the rate and all that, but uh, you know, 
we're in a we're in a crazy time. My recommendation is I think that we have until early next week to mm-hmm. challenge, challenge, yes. challenge, oh, every, challenge, challenge, everybody that's been the, challenge. That's been the mantra here in Waco is to challenge. There are people that make a living now challenging uh, taxes. We have someone that we turn over uh, our stuff to, and she was just a, I don't even know what she did for a living before that. Uh, she was in the real estate business, and it just became an, an it became inevitable that she needed to go down there and, and stand in for people that really didn't have the time to do all that work that goes on. And now there are many businesses that right. do that. It's a whole uh, industry. Yeah. Challenging well, your you have to because how can, you, exactly. how, how can you continue to come up with the money to pay the taxes? What, you can't raise your prices. I mean, it's just... House rich it's, and cash poor. It's, exactly it's just right. a, it's a never-ending uh, cycle. And uh, and we've got to get past that. Well, and the thing is, is that we, are, the current comptroller, loves to call himself the CFO of the ninth largest economy in the world. So let's put it in national terms. That's the second largest economy in the nation. And yet, mm-hmm. government exists to provide services. So we're mm-hmm. 45th in public ed. We're mm-hmm. 43rd in public health. We're 41st in air and water quality. We yeah. have the economy capable of funding world-class services right we just need we need a new comptroller yeah hey man (laughs) imagine that (laughs) we need to to leverage our resources and provide those services we need to do right by texans we need someone who will stand up for texans as opposed to special interests right and and that's a that's a hard uh, it's a hard thing to sell because people don't you know people are busy making a living and trying to keep their head above the water and all that and they don't they have an image of democrats being Foolish spenders and blah blah blah, blah. and uh, and we're not. You now, know, do we're you actually that we're spending a hundred million dollars more to deny ment- comprehensive mental and physical health care coverage to one point four million adult Texans. Now, adult Texans are are productive, mm-hmm. healthy Texans, or productive Texans, or taxpaying Texans are, yeah, all good things. We just don't want to do it because somebody else thought of the idea first. No, it's just mean. Oh, well, yeah. It's just mean. It's not smart. It's not the best use of our resources, and we can just do so much better. Well, I think we need to do better, and I think we should do better, and I think you can do better. Uh, Hey, hey, uh, we're going to have to cut this thing out. Where, Where are we on time, man? Oh, good oh, grief. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we could wrap it up, though, here in a couple of minutes. I, I, I want to try to keep these at 30 minutes because people like to go, they have to go to the bathroom after 30 minutes. Yeah, you need to ask them what my website is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. I knew there was something <laughs> I needed to ask. So, so let's pretend that someone out there in, in uh, podcast land wants to donate to your campaign because they love your ideas. How do we get, how do we get some money to you goodness knows i need the donations because it's expensive to run statewide and i'm yeah. not taking i'm not taking corporate money at all well, there, thank you so www.janetdudding4 number four texas.com you can tell i'm a brand new at this because that website is very very long but it's yeah. janet dudding j-a-n-e-t-d-u-d-d-i-n-g number four texas.com up in the right hand corner is a little donate button over to the left of that are issues about check me out mm-hmm. um, early vote. I am in a runoff. I got forty six point two percent of the vote in the primary. I'm in a runoff. Early vote starts Monday for five days. No weekend voting, and then election is election the on the twenty fourth of 
May, which is my granddaughter's birthday. Well, there and you go. She has asked for a win for her birthday present. Well, there you so go. I, I think you should please. deliver that win. We should help all you deliver that win. We'll deliver that win. What we'll do is we'll put uh, we'll put your information links to your information Wonderful. on the website for the McLennan County Democratic Party and for our Facebook page, so that we can keep in touch. And for those of you who did not had a chance to meet Janet, uh, it's been a delight to get to know Janet over the last few years because she just wandered into this meeting and and it was like I'm new at this. And, you know, I'm, I'm mad as hell, you know, <laughs> and it was like, well, let's, let's just work together, Janet. And she has just absolutely taken charge of uh, trying to fix what's wrong with Texas. And, and you did a bold thing earlier this year when you were like, should I run? Should I not run? And, and I think you made a selfless decision to sign on that dotted line to run because I we all wanted you to run but we know what a commitment that takes as well, far as travel you, went, and money I went down to Laredo and I read I met the rest of the ticket mm-hmm. and there is some real talent on the ticket. oh god yes there is some real talent um, from Susan Hayes as land commissioner from Lou mm-hmm. Warford as um, railroad commissioner mm-hmm. from Jay oh as, Jay as wonderful guy commissioner Jay Clayberg as land commissioner and then AG, and y'all, I am a CPA, so I'm leaning a little bit towards Mike Collier for lieutenant governor. Well, heck yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have two CPAs? He's a corporate, I'm a governmental. Yeah, two no, CPAs no, I, I, I'm in Mike Collier's camp because he's, he's a wonderful guy. And, and he can he can explain where they've been taking the money. I just he's been talking about um, property tax <laughs> yes inequities for for a long time, years. and he can and he can put that in commentary. Well, you you both would be a great team, and of course we got Beto out there. So oh my gosh, uh, and he yeah, can I've been he a Beto can fan girl since he can one. he can energize a room. I exactly tell you that. Right. Well, we know that you can energize a room, and I know that dollars and cents and taxes isn't a sexy issue, but for those of us that are putting together a budget on a shoestring. It is a sexy issue, and we want you to be there helping us. It's all relationships. Yeah. And yeah, it is, it is fun. Balance the budget and, and, and buy groceries. Exactly we, we right. need to, we, People provide need to services, be able to do, yeah. Provide services, leveraging the resources that you have available, and by all means, accept the federal money. The, yeah. the Texas budget is already 40% federal. The very idea that we wouldn't accept federal money is ludicrous. Ooh-ha. <laughs> Hoo-ha. That's an official term. We'll get into that next week. Janet, thank you so much for making time to come Mary, up here and talk I to love us. You dearly. Thank oh, you well, I love you too. Up here and let me, let me come I up love here you too. And, uh, everybody sends their best. We, we, we're, we're fixing to go to a little dinner or a little luncheon, and you'll get to see a lot of the people that, that you've met over, over time with uh, the McLennan County group. And we just really feel confident that you're out there being the standard bearer for us on this important, important job we need a watchdog instead of a lap dog and right now we well got there you dog. go that sounds like a, that sounds like a tagline to me <laughs> oh, a watchdog instead of a lap dog hmm. i'll write that one down <laughs> thanks janet thank you mary see ya This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.